Previously, on Snicktoons, I was joined once again by my sister Ariana, and the two of us watched and broke down X-Men the Animated Series, Season 5, Episode 5, The Fifth Horseman. Of course, before that, we talked uh, about the state of our nerdly uh, you know, fandoms and whatnot, uh, and then uh, we compared a special top five of X-Men siblings since, uh, you know, it was an episode with my sister, and I thought, hey, you know, why don't we talk about some of our favorite sibling sets in X-Men? So that was a lot of fun. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, make sure you go back and give it a quick listen, and then stay tuned, of course, as myself and a returning special guest host watch X-Men the Animated Series, Season 5, Episode 6, Jubilee's Fairy Tale Theater. All right, Bub, as you heard at the top of the show, we are back with a returning special guest. And I'm very excited to have this guy on because, well, he's one of my favorite people in the whole world. It's my youngest son, Landy. Hello, Bubs. <laughs> Welcome back to Snicktoons, Landy. Uh, uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's always my pleasure to have you on because we always get to talk about super fun stuff and Right off the bat, as I always ask my returning special guests, what X-Men stuff have you been up to lately? Well, so my dad a while back was like, maybe my brother decided he wanted to do a different episode, but this was originally going to be like an episode we did earlier that was me and my brother and dad so my brother was supposed to do the commentary but then he selected a different episode so but then every time dad mentions his podcast and me being on it i immediately get in the x-men mood yeah yeah uh so when you were getting into the x-men mood as you say what uh what kind of x-men stuff did you do well, it's kind of boring because I've already beaten it, and I not and my characters for some odd reason just for some odd reason the cable challenge is impossible. But I was playing uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, really good game, a few cuss words, but oh. surprisingly Deadpool says none of them. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Well, I think you said recently that your Wolverine, you got all the way up to level 100. Yeah. Yeah. And yet that's not the max level. You said there's still more levels after that? Yeah. And I feel kind of bad for my uh, Cyclops because like the last day I played it, I finally got him up to 70. So like he's up to like 16, like eight and Wolverine's all up there at 100. Well, that makes sense. You know, Wolverine's a better fighter, I think, than Cyclops. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So been playing lots more Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. What else have you been up to X-Men wise? Uh, I've been playing Lego, uh, Lego Marvel superheroes, oh, nice. and I've been and I today was playing the Asteroid M stage. Can can beat it, sadly. Oh, but 
in the time I had, but I was play, trying to play as all X-Men. Sadly, for some reason, Toad doesn't have grapple, so huh. <laughs> I thought he had grapple. I mean, at, at the same time, it was two grapples at once. I'm pretty sure I can do one grapple, but I'm not sure about two grapples. Oh, okay. So I had to do it as Super Scroll because for some reason he was on the team. Weird. Anyway, but there was an event that I also had to do as Super Scroll, but I was like, but I was like, sweet, just turn to night. Oh, wait, he's not in this game. Yeah, it's too bad. No Nightcrawler in the Lego games. Maybe someday they'll do another Lego. Maybe they'll just do straight up Lego X-Men uh, and do all the characters. All the X-Men, all the X-Force, all the X-Factor, all the Excalibur. That'd be cool. Brotherhood and, and all that. Yeah, so yeah. I told my... Yesterday I told you mm-hmm. that in the game, because we were watching the X-Men movie, and and one of the times she, she, once he absorbs Wolverine's power and he accidentally impales her. <laughs> yeah. Doubt she was expecting that. Probably not. So she could heal. I was like, you know, in the second game, I'm not sure if you guys have have played it, but in the second game, it's kind of annoying at sometimes when you have to change character really fast. When the when two of them are really close and you hit X, they do this like thirty second stunt thingy that ends with you changing your character. But she'd do that, but she'd temporarily take the moveset of the mutant you do it with. Wouldn't work on, like, with, like, humans, because that would just be weird. Yeah. It's like, she absorbs Senator Kelly and gets less powers than she already has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. Yeah, the, Rogue would be interesting, like, in the Lego games. They can work in a thing where, when you're going up against other super-powered characters, she can use her like power steal on them and then it would like replace one of her button moves with like you know if you steal a guy that has fire powers she'd have fire etc or like how uh, at certain points of the game you have to like reflect a beam at a of a at with a I'm trying to think. <laughs> uh oh, like Captain America mm-hmm. what's well, fun fact I realized that uh Crap, I cannot think of one. Oh. White Queen, Emma Frost, well, can also yeah, do it. Emma yeah, Emma Fro- Frost. If you press A, then she turns like metal diamondy. Not sure what she does, but then if you go on to like the Captain America sealed spots, I'm pretty sure there are a few other people who can do it. Mm-hmm. But if you're like metal as her and you do it, then she can actually reflect. Yeah, which is pretty cool. All right, so playing lots of Lego Marvel superheroes, playing lots of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. What else have you been up to, X-Men-wise? I watched the uh, episode, this episode yesterday, and I watched, because uh, I was looking in your book that has all the art for the episodes, and they're like, well, Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I was interested. It was a lot more boring. That episode was kind of a letdown. It was a lot more boring than I expected. Oh yeah. But like I thought, we'll go over and would be cooler than just I'm gonna make this guy like the other like me. 
Yeah. But I watched the episode. It was still really good. There was yeah. less action than I was expecting. Yeah. Well, you've been up to all those things, but we've also played a lot of games of Marvel United lately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was trying to hint at. I'm like, what have you been up to? And I'm pointing at the game and you're not seeing. Uh, Marvel United, we played a lot of that. Uh, who's your favorite character to play as so far in Marvel United? Hmm. Maybe Nightcrawler or Wolverine? Nightcrawler or Wolverine. Okay, two excellent choices. How come you like those guys the best so far? Uh, Colossus is also really good. Yeah. Starting hand card lets you... Uh, not take one damage so it helps once once like bam every hero takes one damage <laughs> yeah he's got some built-in defense right away that which makes sense for colossus because his metal skin so that's pretty cool yeah, yeah we, but we, then it's weird how <laughs> if you like have mr sinstorm man it sucked when i was playing as a multiple man against him and and it's like every hero has to reshuffle his deck so i ended yeah. up doing like a dupe at the like very end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mister Sinister is tough as a villain to play against because he really doesn't let you use your special powers and stuff either. Like but he has I a bet lot it's of. Easy as Nightcrawler. <laughs> yeah, well, he has a lot of threat cards that make you ignore the special effect. So if you can't use your special effect, meaning you can't use your mutant power, then with Nightcrawler he's not like teleporting, so he's kind of stuck, right? Because Nightcrawler doesn't have any movement, only heroic and attack. I mean, he and does he have moves. wild, of yeah, course. Yeah, a couple wild. Does, but... Sure. Yeah, so it makes it really tough for Nightcrawler because the Nightcrawler can't teleport away from places, and then he's kind of stuck unless he gets movement from someone else. So yeah, Mr. yeah. Though it's funny tough. when you get movement, like a double move from, like, let's say, Star Lord or Quicksilver mm -hmm. as Nightcrawler, and you're like, that was a waste. <laughs> yeah, but then you're like, I don't even need this. Yeah, so that was fun. I, I liked playing against that. Let's see, who all did we play? We beat Arcade as... Who were, who were we playing as when we I beat Arcade? we beat them as the New Mutants. The New Mutants? I thought we did New Mutants. Wait, Excalibur. Yeah, Excalibur versus Arcade. So we were Nightcrawler, Captain Britain, Phoenix, and Kitty Pride, And that was fun. And we barely, we barely beat them. And then we played... We played so, well, Samurai. We did him, and oh, and yeah. it was actually funny because because Cyclops had a, like an entire hand of literally just punts, but Wolverine, but Wolverine unfittedly had no punts. Yeah, yeah. And and it was like if there are two, if, if somebody has two punts at, at in their deck, then they then they get past it. But if but if nobody has it, if one person has it, then everybody gets out. But if nobody has it, then, like, everybody takes damage. But Cyclops beat him in the sword duel, but he doesn't have a sword. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Cyclops ended up being our, uh, our MVP that game. But, yeah, we played against Silver Samurai. That was fun. We played against Arcade. I think we lost a game against the Brood, though. Remember? Do you remember who we were playing as against the Brood? Uh, we were playing as I think it was because I was trying to base it off of uh, I think it's Levin Vane. We were playing as Rogue, Wolverine, Gambit, and Storm. Oh yeah, yeah. We just could not 
we the the brood queen got her brood in all the locations way too soon so that one we lost and then i feel like we lost one other oh we lost against green goblin in our weird like op team that we put together but it actually didn't work because we didn't have any yeah that team i didn't actually make to be good i just made it to be really random yeah, it was pretty interesting, though. We had Professor X, Old Man Logan, Dupe, and Spider-Man. So that was a weird a weird little team. So I guess I, I, <laughs> I didn't make it to win. I just made it to be really weird, so I guess I yeah. succeeded. And, <laughs> of course, Green Goblin is, is one of the most difficult, allegedly, one of the most difficult villains in the game. Tony so. is really hard when you're not playing as all Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. And then I think our final game we played, we actually did Alpha Flight versus Lady Deathstrike. And so we played as Guardian, Puck, Sasquatch, and Snowbird. And that was a really fun game. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that one. I, w- I wasn't sure how how I was going to feel as the Alpha Flight team, but they were actually a lot of fun to play as. I'm really excited for when we get our next season, when that when that stuff all finally starts coming to us next spring. Because they added um, Aurora, so we can start playing as Aurora and Northstar as well. Because we, we have can do p- p- player versus player mode, but just work together like my brother and I just once did. Mm. So we got six people, so we can be all of Alpha Flight. What will be cool too is uh, when we get another Alpha Flight team member, we can do like Weapon X versus Alpha Flight. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, that would be fun. All right, cool. Well, yeah, um, so playing lots of Marvel United. You've been playing lots of X-Men video games. And, of course, we've been watching some of the X-Men movies, kind of out of order, just kind of watching whichever ones we feel like watching. Yeah, like we watched some of Age of Apocalypse. Then we watched X2. Wait, no, we watched entire X2. Then we watched some Age of Apocalypse because we were just trying to show us the Quicksilver scenes. But apparently we just liked what was going on, so we kept on watching. Yep. Yeah, and we did that with Days of Future Past too because you were asking about some Colossus stuff as well. I was like, I know that the opening scene Colossus is in it, so can we watch the opening scene? And they're like, yeah, and then we just ended up like watching the first few scenes. And anyway, I didn't cry, but when but when uh, Iceman dies, I'm just like, how dare you? Yeah, yeah, that was sad. <laughs> But they went back in time, and so it didn't actually happen. So that was all right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen that one before, cause it's, cause they mentioned uh, um, uh, Mystique killing the president. But I remember one of the movies. I remember like Wolverine was fighting Mystique on the top of like a skyscraper or something like that. So I think that was Days of Future Past. Maybe. Yeah, we'll have to finish it. But yeah. And I think we're watching the first one right now, just X Men from two thousand, the very first movie. So that's a yeah, that's a good one. Too. And an interesting thing to do is perhaps like uh, we could do DLCs, like in the like for the I'm talking about the Lego X Men game oh. for for like the movies, like they did in Lego DC Super Villains. And it would come with the X, and they would have like X Men DLC, but that would come with Senator Kelly, but he'd actually be able to go through like events. Yeah. Well, we'll see. That'd be cool. 
All right, man. Well, there's one other thing I wanted to talk to you about before we kind of jump into our topic for the day. And that is something that you and I both love a lot. Of course, your brother loves it as well. And that is Lego. Hmm. So in the, the, I had a guest on a couple episodes ago, my good pal Quinn Hesters, who is also a big Lego fan. And we were kind of talking about the upcoming releases, the, you know, the, the upcoming Lego releases. And we both agreed that we were most excited for the collectible minifigures that were coming later this year because we'll get a brand new Wolverine, we'll get a Storm, and we'll get a Beast. And at the time that he and I were recording that, we were only just starting to get leaked images of what the characters were going to look like, what these minifigures were going to look like. And we finally know what these ones look like, the official releases, the official uh, photos of these characters have dropped, and these characters look fantastic. What do you think about these three minifigures, Landy? Uh, well, I feel like instead of doing another Wolverine and Storm, they probably sort of gave us new ones. And if they wanted to do a double, I kind of wanted them to do a, a 90s Cyclops or or something like that, but still the really good Storm, I hope, comes with non-Mohawk here, does he? Nope, just a Mohawk. Okay, well, I'm hoping I like calling the Mohawk. <laughs> yeah. But the Beast looks really, really good, and the Wolverine, oh dear. <laughs> Yeah, this Wolverine minifigure is amazing. It's the best one that we've gotten so far. We've we've got the boot print on the legs. We've got uh, not just blue hands, but we've got blue on the shoulders, as well as arm hair printing on both of the arms. It looks fantastic. Of course, we've got front and back printing on the chest and back area as well. He's even got his like blue underoos. So this minifigure looks amazing. It it's what you would expect from the collectible minifigure series. These are expensive minifigures, five bucks a pop. And so they put a little bit more detail on the collectible minifigures that make make sure they look really cool. And so this is easily the best Wolverine minifigure that we've ever had. And we've already had like four or five, something like that already off the top of my head. We got the one from the Deadpool set, the one from the X-Jet set, the one from the mech, and then the one from the Mighty Micros. So we've had four Wolverine minifigures already, and now we're getting this new one, and it's awesome. It looks so good. And of course, I'm really excited to have Storm in her white 90s costume. Uh, they've given us like shoulder pauldrons, which look really cool, make her have like kind of like a more regal air to her. And of course, the way that they're doing the cape, it looks really cool. And like you said, yeah, the beast is awesome. He's got double faces, so there's one yeah, where like he's... Yeah, the one with the glasses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's one where he looks kind of tough, like he's in battle, but then he's got the other one where he's like the straight-up you know, nerd that Beast is. He's got his spectacles on and everything. He's got a little yellow X-Men mug, and then the extra pieces that he comes with... What's it red? It's yellow. <laughs> and then the extra pieces that he comes with... I, I remember when it was first revealed that some of the characters would have extra pieces, people were thinking, okay, it's a buildable Sentinel, but it's, that's not the case. It finds I out. Mean, we did have a Sentinel thingy, but that was like a slashed head for the pre-existing Sentinel. 
Yes, the Wolverine minifigure does come with a sentinel head that has like slash marks on the face of it. So that's really cool. But the extra pieces that Beast comes with, people were thought that it was extra pieces to build like a sentinel minifigure or something. But that's not the case. It's actually a microscope, which is perfect for Beast. So I'm really excited for these minifigures. They come out September 1st. I cannot wait. I'm sure I'll buy, you know, 10 of the boxes i won't get any x-men and i'll just get like 10 moon knights and i'll be really upset but that's <laughs> that's how it'll go uh, yeah you don't you didn't really seem like a fan of the moon knight series i was not and i like all the rest of the minifigures for this marvel series too look awesome but i'm just not really an mcu guy anymore so i you know i i, I don't care to collect these these characters uh they do look awesome. So the people that do want these characters are going to be in for a treat. They're going to get some really good ones. Yeah. Uh, like I saw the moon Knight. It looks really good. Cause I know how he looks in the cell. I haven't seen it, but I know how he looks. Yeah. No, the, the minifigures all look really good. So whoever's collecting those characters because they like them and they want them, they're in for a treat because those are going to be great, great characters. But still that gives us, you know, a 25% chance of getting an X-Men that we want. And then we still have three different ones to get. So we're probably going to have to get quite a few of these mini figures just so that we can get the X-Men. So that's too bad, but Oh, well, uh, I'm pretty excited. Nonetheless, they, they look fantastic. So those are the upcoming releases, but we've actually had the other two Wolverine related sets that are coming this year. They have since released, they dropped on August 1st. Naturally, I, I got them as soon as I could. I actually pre-ordered one of the sets the minute it was dropped online because I didn't want to risk it being sold out. Of course, the other one I just picked up from the store on the day that it dropped. Well, I think I had actually had to go the next day. If you remember, on August 1st, they were sold out. So on August 2nd, I had to go to a different one. Um, but I was able to pick that up. And that is the Buildable Wolverine and the adamantium uh, wolverine's adamantium claw so i've got them both here in hand and i thought maybe we can do a quick review of these sets landy so i'm holding the buildable wolverine now this isn't the first time lego has done buildable action figures they're usually in the 10 to 12 inch height range so they're pretty tall characters uh originally they had done Star Wars ones way back when, maybe 10 years ago. And they were mostly Technic builds with a few small Lego pieces for like the weapons and stuff. But they've yeah. redone that concept for Marvel. So far, they've done two different Spider-Mans, a Peter and a Miles, as well as a Venom. And yeah, the Venom looks awesome. Yeah, the Venom does look really, really cool. Um, but one thing about these now, they actually use a whole lot less of the Technic pieces and they're mostly brick built. Like I built the torso. It's, it's a brick built torso. It's not some Technic piece that you clip some, like uh, that you just clip yeah. stuff on. It's you actually build it. So what do you like, think of this figure? It's really good. Like, yeah. Can I hold it? For a second? Yeah, you can hold it. Like I still see a lot of Technic. Like this isn't technically Technic way. Because it's like in a lot of sets, but mm -hmm. I know the viewers can't see you right now, but this piece is very technic. Yeah, the, the knee, yep. Yeah, the knees are technic, 
and the elbows are technic, and the, well, the arms attachment things are technic, except for the, like, forearm and the hand. Yeah. But, ooh, speaking of forearms, it would be nice to have a Weapon X from, a, you know, Age of Apocalypse. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. But, yeah, it's mainly brick built. Yep. Yeah, mainly brick built, like you were saying. We've got some, te- they still use technic in the joints, right? So the knees, the ankles, the hips, and the shoulders are definitely technic. Because unless you can't move, because it's supposed to be like an action figure out of Legos. So it's going to be kind of, so it would be more like a Lego statue if they didn't put like technic pieces to move the joints around. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. So what do you think of the design though? Like, I know my buddy Kurt, who's done been on lots of episodes with me. He's a big fan of the boots. I think the boots look really cool. Again, they're brick built. They look great. The upper legs, of course. Uh, but I really like the way they did, did the chest. Like the musculature on the chest is actually pretty interesting. And then the the stripies are actually printed on, which is really nice. Yeah, I really like this set. The set and the shoes are amazing. The only problem is that the ankle, you can kind of see the Technic pieces. Yeah. They didn't really try to hide those. Yeah. But. Yeah, Yeah, really my only kind of nitpick and complaint with this figure overall is the the red Technic pieces that they use in the knees and the ankles. Like they could have done blue. I know that we have these pieces in blue available. I've seen them in other sets. It would have been cool if they would have put those in like blue or even yellow. Uh, but I'm not going to complain too much. It's not a super eyesore. Like, it doesn't really draw your eye there. You can tell that it's red and it doesn't really match. But it it's not, it doesn't stand out. It doesn't draw your eye there because you're too busy. You're looking at the claws. You're looking at the, the belt. You're looking at the tiger stripes. And you're looking at this head, which is a lot cooler looking in person. I know that in the pictures it looked real yeah, wonky. Yeah, and the pictures, like the like like i was like well that like like his pot was i saw how it comes off on the pixels it's like wow that looks really stupid i'm not even gonna buy that and then in pops and i'm like yeah this is awesome <laughs> yeah the head it looks a lot better in person the the printing the face is printed on which is really great it's not a sticker which which is really good because um, it's also 3d yeah, it's his. You can feel his nose. His nose kind of sticks out and everything. Um, it's really nice. And then, yeah, the uh, the way that his mask comes off, they probably could have streamlined it a little bit better, um, but they didn't really have to. Like, it actually works really well in person. Like, seeing it in person, having it in my hand and looking at it, it looks a lot better than it does on the box. The way the angles are on the box, they're like these really sharp angles. And uh, it doesn't really do it justice. It definitely looks a lot better. face looks funny. I know the audience can't see it, but it looks really funny like that. Like, if you connect it fully, like, on the sets, they have it more like that, and it looks kind of bad. But if you connect it fully in real life, then it looks really good. Yeah. So, ultimately, I was pleased with this buildable figure that being said, this one's a little bit more expensive than the other ones. The, the two Spider-Mans and the Venom that we've got were like 25 bucks, but they're only about 
250 they're below 300 pieces so the price point's fine this one was about 320 pieces and it ended up being about 32 dollars. so you are paying a little bit more for more pieces for this wolverine but the wolverine looks really cool it did a great job with the claws great job with the design and everything so ultimately i'm pleased with it that being said i hope they don't do any more x-men in this buildable action figure line because i already collect x-men action figures so I don't need Lego action figures in the X-Men line as well. And if they come out with more, I'm going to have to get them because they're X-Men and they're Lego. <laughs> I'm going to have to get them, but I don't want to. I'd much rather spend that money on other stuff that's X-Men or Lego rather than buildable X-Men figures. And so that brings us into our other Lego set. And this, of course... When the set and the price point were first announced, everyone, we thought that it was the Wolverine cowl, right? Because Lego has the helmet line that's at that $80 price point. And, you know, they're usually about 600 to 800 pieces. And it's cool. It's like a little, it's got a display stand and you build the helmet onto there. They've done it with Star Wars. And they've begun to do it with Marvel. They've done like a Spider-Man head, a Venom and a Carnage head. And then most recently they did a Star-Lord helmet, Star-Lord from the MCU. They've done his helmet. And so it was announced that we were getting a Wolverine set in that line. Of course, naturally, everyone assumed it was a Wolverine cowl, myself included, which, I mean, sounds cool, but it's really, there's, what can you do? It's yellow and black and that's pretty much it. And it's just like a little visor thing. So everyone was like, all right, cool. We're getting a Wolverine cow. Like maybe this is going to be the first in our helmet line. Of course, my friends, Kurt and Quinn, who are also Lego fans have been like, yeah, it'd be really great to get a weapon X helmet. It'd be really great to get a Magneto helmet. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. I would say weapon X Magneto and like Cerebro helmet. Those would be like the was, first three that you start with. I was talking to my brother last night and, and I was like, I was like falling asleep and I'm like, Wait a minute, they said make a Cyclops helmet. <laughs> yeah, they could definitely do a Cyclops visor. Uh, it would be cool if it was like life-size, so it's wearable, like a wearable Cyclops visor well, made out of Lego. No, it wouldn't be very comfortable. And everyone has different size faces and stuff, so it probably wouldn't fit anyone. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, the, the Wolverine set eventually was revealed, and it wasn't the Wolverine cowl. It wasn't a Wolverine helmet at all. It was actually a new entry in a different line that Marvel had started, which is the like glove line. So one, we've seen Thanos's Infinity Gauntlet, and we've also seen a gauntlet that Iron Man wears in Endgame. So we've seen both of those, and now they they added this new Wolverine set in that line, and it's not a helmet. It's actually Wolverine's gloved hand with his adamantium claws. Though you can really tell it's like the animated series when you look at where the claws are coming out of instead of just his hand. You can tell that they're coming out of like the metal like knuckle thingies. Mm -hmm, that's right. Yeah. Instead of coming out in between his fingers like they do in the movies, it's got the uh, the things kind of built into the back of his hand, which, of course, we see uh, in the animated series very prominently, although we do see in the comic books, too. Huh, I but, don't know. But this set, it's 
cooler than I was expecting it to be. Like, this is a really great set. It was a fun build. It was really fun to build this glove thing. Really what, what gets me is the fingers. Like, he's got all five of his fingers, his thumb, all of his fingers. These are really cool. Like, they actually, they look like fingers in a glove. Uh, they they can move the thumb and everything. And then, of course, the, the claws themselves are separate. So you can have one claw or two claw or all three. You could have no claws. You can actually have it displayed with no claws. And because of that, which I was hoping, uh, but because of that, I almost want to get a second one. And then when I'm building it, build it as the mirror image of the other one so that I'm building it as his left hand. And then I can have the left hand with the with the claws popped and then the right hand with the finger like you have on the cover of Wolverine number one. <laughs> yeah, my dad has a sword, but it's Raphael, and he's got a sign in his like hand, but it looks like it's coming out of his hand like he does sometimes, and he's doing his finger thing. So, so it's like mocking, not not exactly mocking, but it's like mocking the. It's like the Raphael version of that Wolverine cover. Yes, it is. A, it is an homage. All right, so. I love this this set. It was it's way cooler than I expected it to be. Uh, you do have to build it onto the stand, so it, it's not freestand. Like you can't put it on the stand or take it off. It's actually the the under pieces. You know the the um, I'm drawing a blank on the name here. The word that I'm looking for, but it's it's built onto the stand itself. So like all of the uh, the bones of this set are kind of built into the set so unfortunately you can't take it off the stand or whatever um, and it's not hollow it's a pretty solid set but what do you think of this set landy well i i like it too and it was funny because so my dad when he first got it he was like he he was doing he did a thumb roll with wolverine <laughs> he did a fist bump with wolverine max and also did a high five and fist bump with wolverine but max and thinking but my brother max is thinking to himself it's been all of five minutes of having it and my dad's already doing inappropriate junk stores with it i wasn't you could do a handshake. It wasn't inappropriate, but... You could do a handshake. Yeah, you could do a fist bump. I did a thumb war with Wolverine. I beat Wolverine in a thumb war. Me too. So uh, it was actually kind of yeah. pathetic. So, so he just brings up his thumb, <laughs> but not high enough. So I just... He just, like, brings it up, and then I just immediately pull it, pull it down. Yeah. <laughs> I've been scratching my back with the claws. <laughs> I uh, mean, the that Wolver- works. The Wolverine hand gave, uh, gave Mom a back rub. So I know when he did that. <laughs> she did not think that was funny. I think um, they should do an oh, I just thought of the best gauntlet ever. What? They should do like with de- like hollow design, like uh what's the, like the glass pieces? What's that called again? Clear pieces? Like clear yellow pieces around it, but they should mm-hmm. do the iron fist. Oh yeah, ooh, that would be cool. An iron fist. Yeah, ooh, that's a really good idea, Landy. Um, you know what else would be cool? Spider-Man's hand, and when you have it facing with the palm facing you, you can actually have his fingers out, and then he's pushing the finger, and you can actually be shooting the web. That would be a really from, like, cool. Hill, yeah, I think exactly. Is where he shoots it. Yeah, exactly. From there, so that would also be a really cool hand. And since they already have a Spider-Man head. Uh, 
Actually, I don't even know if they had. I know that they've done Venom and Carnage. I honestly don't remember if they've done a Spider-Man head or not. But either way, that's another one they can do in this gauntlet. Here, watch out. That's another one they can do in this gauntlet line. A lot of characters wear gloves. You know, that's that's one thing about Marvel. Like, I know that in Star Wars, you got all these iconic helmets. And so they've done the helmet line. But... A lot of them are really cool. They can even do a Hulk hand. It just has to be a big fist that's green. And it doesn't even have to be like a cool gauntlet looking thing. But you can do like a Doctor Doom one. Um, I know they've done Mjolnir. And they've also done like Cap's shield. Some of the some of the ones though would just, would just be really boring. Like I'm looking at the Superhero Squad game. Thinking, I do really good game for a really child friendly show. Well, actually, a lot of action in the game, but I'm looking at, like, all these guys, and, like, some of these things would be, like, uh, I'm not sure if they've probably done it already, but, like, an Iron Man gauntlet would be cool. Well, yeah, they've done a Thanos gauntlet and an Iron Man gauntlet already, but those but... were specifically, like, Endgame from Endgame. Um, but, yeah, they're, I mean... If they go into the the hand slash glove slash fist line instead, there's a lot they can do. Like you said, the iron fist, that would be awesome. And, I would get and, that. But I'm just looking at it and I'm like, a lot of these would be really cool, but at the same time it would be boring to do like, uh, you know, like glove of Captain America because it's just a red Just a glove. red glove, <laughs> yeah. Or like a Cyclops glove. It's like just a yellow glove or a blue glove. Like, yeah, some of these probably wouldn't be all that exciting, but there, I think, are enough gloves and enough, you know, fists and stuff. I would even be okay if they did, like, Colossus an all-new... Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, obviously. Anything <laughs> X-Men. Um, but they can do the same thing that they have. The, they have the Wolverine glove. They can do it with, like, a lighter blue, but only have two, and it would be X-23. Oh, or would it be a darker glove? It kind of depends on the series. Oh, yeah, you're right. If, if it's like X-Force, then it would be like a black glove with only two claws. They could even do like a Dakin fist that has the two claws on the front and then one that comes out on the back. Either and way. And I doubt they do. And if they wanted to do something really special, they could also do, if, if it was like a like gauntlet type thing but not exactly it like an exclusive like a comic-con exclusive it would be kind of boring but it could be x-23's foot with the two claws <laughs> sticking out of the foot nice yeah an x-23 boot that would be cool <laughs> in the in the glove line they got a boot in there that would that'd be pretty sweet it would be funny though it would yeah no i mean i would i would get it but i don't know how many other people would i don't know if there's any casual people that have that same kind of crossover of like collectors lego and uh that sort of thing but i mean you know it's it's x23 is cool so hopefully if she starts showing up in these cartoons my hope landy is like right now the popularity of the mcu seems to be waning it seems to be going down and we're like on the verge of x-men 97 coming out and i'm really hoping that it's like just an amazing show and that it kickstarts a whole wave of like marvel being like all right we're gonna start like slowing down on the mcu stuff and we're just gonna flood x-men stuff everywhere because holy cow i have been waiting for 
more X-Men stuff than I can buy. <laughs> like right now, the the few things that are coming out, I'm like, I can keep up with this, you know? I would love it if there was just so much that I can, like with Marvel Legends, there's so many X-Men that they've done over the last like five years that I've gotten hardly any of them. I've collected the X-Men cartoon, the, the one that's like the VHS series, but they've done so many that I've not even been able to, to stay even close to collecting all of it. So I'm just hoping that like, we're going to start seeing X-Men stuff everywhere. And then I can just pick and choose rather than just buying the few X-Men things that are out. I can like pick and choose the things that I want to collect, but there's so much X-Men stuff Though, everywhere. Luckily the, this is a really good. So not an X-Men. So not at all related to X-Men really, really, but but it would also be nice because it looks like uh, Ninja Turtles, the new movie, and the 1987? That's right, Something yeah. Something like that? Yeah, TV right. series is on. They're, they're like at the golden age of, of like selling. So I think that it would be cool to get like a buildable figure of the like Ninja Turtles from that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if uh, if Nickelodeon decided to renew a contract with Lego and start doing more with that. But I mean, back way back when they had the 2012 Lego had the 2012, and then they had the the first Michael Bay Ninja Turtles movie. They had the licenses for those, but they didn't do well enough. And I guess they were expensive to produce because of all the different mutants had to have their own custom molds and everything. And that's what made it so difficult. And so eventually the Nickelodeon and uh, especially Ninja Turtles and Lego, that license wasn't renewed. And so, of course, that license went over to Mega Bloks. And I've loved all the Ninja Turtles Mega Bloks, but of course, that line has also come to an end. And they're not doing any more so for that. So it looks like Nickelodeon and Lego might be coming back to the uh, for the uh, really cool. I'm not really into SpongeBob anymore, but I might buy the set if it's cheap. Like if it's six hundred dollars, then no. Yeah, probably well, not gonna be. But yeah. still. So you're talking about really the cool Krusty Crab. Yes, you're talking about the Lego Ideas set. So they've they, it's the thing with this. Cut Krusty Krab is that it's been submitted through Lego Ideas twice, but both times it's gotten the requisite minimum ten thousand signatures or what I don't I don't think signatures is right, but it's gotten the minimum of like ten thousand supporters. So both so that's enough usually for Lego to at least explore moving forward with a production of some sort on that set. But of course, you know with with something like that, there's there are licensing issues. And of course, we know that Nickelodeon and Lego do not currently have a license together. But yeah, you're like you said, Landy, this is now the second time that we've had the, a Krusty Krab through Lego Ideas get 10,000. So maybe that's enough for Lego and Nickelodeon to reopen discussions about relicensing. But I would love to have Ninja Turtles Legos again um, or Ninja Turtles Mega Block. Maybe they, they explore it with Lego and it falls through and then they go back to Mega Blocks. I, I'd be okay with that as well. Yeah, but Mutant, but it's like Mutant Mayhem is even like, it's just like making it into everything, basically. Like, like they put 
the four turtles from Mutant Mayhem, and even the Minecraft Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely Nickelodeon. Definitely seems to be uh, kind of pushing the the marketing for Mutant Mayhem again. So I do hope that it it does really well and it's very successful because I know that Rise of the TMNT. Although you and I and and your brother we've watched it. We we watched it after the fact. Like we watched it once it was over. We weren't watching it live while it was on Nickelodeon. We didn't. We we bought it afterwards and then watched it and was like, oh man, this is really good. Uh, but it's one of those where like it wasn't popular enough to really get Ninja Turtles front and center in pop culture again. And although we've had things like the NECA TMNT line, as well as other lines with Hasbro for like the TMNT Power Rangers crossovers, we're not seeing the Ninja Turtles like front and center right now. And if Mutant Mayhem does really well, then that might be another reason for Nickelodeon to try to push Ninja Turtle merchandise again. So, I mean, every time something Ninja Turtles comes out, I always kind of hope that it captures that mainstream attention so that we can get, uh, you know, more, more merchandise for it, but we'll see. Yeah. And, and speaking of Power Rangers, there are a lot of, uh, some of them are good. Some of them are like, take it or leave it. Like, just Megazord ideas. Like, mm-hmm. one of them was just, like, kind of a crappy Megazord. And I was like, eh, don't really like it too much. But Someone worked hard on that. <laughs> I mean, really good attempt because you have to build, like, something, like, viewers go. can't see it, but, like, this big. Yeah. I mean, you could tell it's the Megazord. Mm-hmm. So... Still pretty good, but like one of them was just like obviously this person sadly had a three D printer to their advantage. Oh yeah. But they printed off, but they made like a really good looking Megazord, and these like really good looking Power Rangers minifigures, and the Megazord probably took like twelve years to make. The Lego ideas, but the Megazord also could, like, come apart to all the different Zords. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I know that Lego has done an Optimus Prime. I don't know if it can actually transform between, like, its humanoid form and the truck. And I also know that they've done, like, a big Voltron one. But, I, again, I don't know if those ones come apart and can, like each be their own mini line. I'd have to ask Jamie cause he has it. So I'd have to ask him like, Hey, can you take it apart and make each of the lions their individual lions? Or is it like all just together as Voltron? Cause that would really be my question for a Megazord. Like would they sell the Megazord set by itself or would they sell each of the individual Zords so that fans can either buy all of them and put the Megazord together or just buy the ones they want. Maybe there's a person who loves power Rangers, but they only collect red ranger stuff you know or they only collect green ranger stuff and so that they wouldn't want to go in for a 500 dollars megazord but they can throw 80 bucks down for like a a nice green dragon zord um but then it would have they would all have the ability to morph the zords don't morph but they would all have the ability to move and you can change them so that you can put them together as so megazord. if it was supposed to be a cheap and low piece count set for the megazord then it would probably be one of those technic sets yeah 
Well, if it was a Lego idea set, it certainly wouldn't be one of the cheap ones. That's where we get the five, six, seven hundred dollar ones. Like, uh, yeah, that's good stuff. Like that's a, that's actually a good idea that I just thought of. So, like in the test, you'd have like th- six different. Wait, no, five different because the Green Ranger has his own Zord that goes beside the Megazord, rather than being a part of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, have five chores to put the Power was in it, but it would actually be, like, uh, like two times as big buildable mini fig, like a buildable action figure. Yeah, that would be all right. So all Not this the best, talk, but still cool. Yeah, so all this talk of theoretical Lego sets, and we had another, we've had another theoretical X-Men Lego set leak. It's not officially announced or anything. We have a set number, we have a price point, and it seems that now we have a piece count as well. We we know from earlier leaks that the X excuse me that the X Mansion is supposed to come out next year. It's supposed to be about $300 and it's supposed to be about 3200 pieces. So that seems all above board and it all seems fine. Uh, we've been having these X-Mansion leaks for like the last year and a half. But some new leaks that have come out is in early 2024, we are also supposed to get a new X-Men jet, a new Blackbird or whatever. And it was leaked. The set number was leaked. I don't have it, but the set number was leaked. And the price point of $79.99, maybe it was $69.99. Either way, 70 or 80 bucks, that price point has leaked. And a lot of people were thinking, okay, cool. This is going to be like the the big Quinjet set that we got, I think last year, that was like 800 pieces and it was $80. And it was like this really big build and it had five minifigures with it. That's what we were thinking. But the piece count for the X-Jet has leaked. Again, we don't know if it, it's not official yet, but it's coming in at 359 pieces. So 359 pieces at an $80 price point, that's terrible. Like that comes in the same as the the set that's coming out later this year for the Marvels, which is about 400 pieces. It's a really small ship build and it only has three minifigures. And And like three cats. Yeah, and then three cats. And that's like $90. So that kind of has me worried that this X-Jet set is really only going to have like two or three minifigures and it's going to be a really really small x-men jet probably smaller than the one that we already have so we'll see if there's any truth maybe that piece count is literally just for the x jet but there's going to be more in the set that hasn't been released yet like maybe there actually is going to be a buildable sentinel in there that's actually a whole lot bigger than the one that we got last time maybe there's going to be more minifigures maybe that 359 piece count is just for the jet itself and there's other things in this set that justify that higher price point but we'll see again it's very very early in the rumor slash leak stage but something worth noting what landy i was gonna say you know how they got the blackboard and then they got that like little tiny x jet thingy that I'm pretty sure Jubilee flies at some point. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the guy who wrote, who was writing down what it was just like wasn't too much of an X Men fan, so he saw it. So it was actually like the tiny jet and the set and the 
real exit is actually coming in the mansion, but the guy didn't want to worry in X-Men fans, or he's just like, oh, I think this, that, that. I think that's the exit. Yeah, very well could be. You know, we've seen in the cartoon that they have the big X-Jet, the big Blackbird, but then they've got smaller, like, one or two man ships that are cl- they're a little bit different, you know, yeah, the, the blue and the yellow. Yeah. So, just like the, the jets. Yeah. So we'll see. It could be one of those because maybe they're like, hey, we already have an X-Jet, so let's do like a smaller, one of these smaller two-man planes. And then, yeah, that would justify the piece count, but that still doesn't justify that price count. 359 pieces for $80. That is not not good value. Throughout the show, like at some point in season one, like the X Jet is going to be shot down or something. So they end up, so everybody ends up accident, like actually flying all the tiny ones. So why it's so expensive is because then it comes with like all the X Men because they all end up flying one at some point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd at least be hoping that it has some of the characters that we don't have because we know that we're getting a bunch of characters in the X-Mansion. It would be weird if those same characters that are in the X-Mansion are also in this X-Jet set. So I'm hoping that maybe to to help justify that price point is that like the minifigures that we do get are as detailed as the collectible minifigures one. Maybe we're, we'll finally get like a Jubilee because I don't think Jubilee or Bishop Um, are rumored for the X-Mansion. I think the characters that are rumored for the X-Mansion so far have been Xavier and then Cyclops, Wolverine, and Star. I really hope Wolverine's not in the mansion because we're getting this collectible minifigure Wolverine and we've already had four others. So hopefully they're making room for new characters. Um, I know that Magneto is rumored in there, as is Mystique, Sabretooth, Emma Frost. I think Beast was rumored for the set. So there are about nine characters that were rumored for the X mansion, which still leaves like Gambit, Rogue, Bishop, Jubilee. None of those characters have been rumored for anything yet. So any of those characters, if they came with this new X jet would make it definitely a must buy, but I'm still hoping that there's more to this that adds more to the value because that price point for that piece count, not so much. Like I'm not necessarily beholden hundred percent to piece count, but still, I would like something close to 100 pieces for every $10. That seems to have been the norm so far. Um, obviously, there have been sets that have higher piece counts that aren't for, for lesser money that haven't been good. There have been sets where the piece count is actually far below that price point, and they've still been really cool. So as long as the set itself is cool, then I'm, I'm not too upset about it but I just do hope that there are some things that will offset that value. Exclusive like, characters, something. Saw Tails, because they were kind of being a little dumb by putting Tails and Amy also in the exact same set, although they could have been, like, exclusives. That sort of been, like, Knuckles and Shadow instead, but, like, the Tails set was, like, 300 pieces for $40, but it came with the Red Tornado, his Warkshop, an Easter egg from the games, himself, and Sonic, and a Bebot, and a, like, relaxing chill. So, it actually was worth it to me. Yeah, no, that that was a good set. For the price point and the piece count, you got two minifigures, you got Sonic and a Tails, which are great. 
you get the red tornado from Sonic 2, which is, in my opinion, still the best Sonic game. Um, and then, yeah, you got his workshop, you got some Easter eggs and stuff, but the price, the, the price point was there. The value for the money was there. You got a lot of pieces. It's only 40 bucks. So it was perfect. Um, this one just has me nervous cause it's the same amount of stuff, but for twice the price now it's X-Men. So I think that alone, there's definitely some brand recognition that does require a higher price point. It's also a Disney Marvel product. So things are going to be more expensive anyway, but still. All right, man. So I think that will do it for our Lego talk. We can probably keep talking Lego as much as we want, but I know that we actually have a top five prepared um, and it doesn't really tie into what we were talking about, but you and I have decided we're each going to create our own five X-Men teams with our own custom lineup of X-Men and then name those teams. So why don't we jump into our top five for today? And my brother was a genius to think about. I'm like, seriously, I wanted to do it sooner, but so apparently we could have done my original topic, but me and my brother are going to do it. I was like, what should I do? Yep, perfect. All right, my dude. So our topic has been introduced. Why don't you start us off? Name, well, I guess share the roster and then share the name of one of your five custom X-Men teams. And then I will follow suit all the way down until we've done all of our five So starting at five, I'm assuming, because we always start at five? Yeah. Okay. So this one I actually do not probably would be my fifth because it's just I could not think of any teams so this was really easy to name five loudspeaker fancy and siren oh wow okay all right so just a duo then for this team called the loudspeakers I like it because they're very loud and there's two of them and that's what their powers are if you want to add extra characters to that you can add uh, ruckus from the Nasty Boys, remember from our X Factor reading. Yeah, I could also add that one girl who screams in uh, Batman. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, cool. Loudspeakers. I like it. Very outside the box team. My number five team, and this one I wasn't quite sure about the name. I had a couple of different ideas. But one of my favorite things about X-Men comics, especially X-Men comics in the 90s, was all of the different X puns that they would use, such as the Executioner or other things like that, the Extinction Agenda, I, uh, saw right? I guy, while I was looking at your X-Men cards, I also saw Extreme. Yeah, Extreme. Like, so they got, they got all these different... X, you got the exterminators, you know, like exterminators. So you got all these different puns that are using the letter X. And so this team, I, I couldn't decide what to call them, but they're either called the excruciators or the exacerbators. And it's a team that consists of Wolverine, Sabretooth, Dakin, X23, aka all new Wolverine, Honey Badger. And Wild Child. Uh, what's Honey Badger's power again? She's Honey Badger is a clone of X twenty three. Oh, aren't they also friends? They're they kind of have like a big sister, little sister 
relationship. Yeah, I know a little bit from uh, my brother used to read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. I had Maxton read all of the All New Wolverine title, and he loved it. He loved Honey Badger, and it makes perfect sense because Gabby is awesome. One of my favorite characters of like the last, I guess, 10 years. Like I'm not sure. Maybe 2015, I think. 2016, yeah, like somewhere can, around there. Man, Zolly's great. Just go. <laughs> so there I you mean, go. It is good. But. Yeah. So there you go. That's my team. Excruciators, because, you know, excruciating pain or exacerbators, because this is not a team that's built on diplomacy. This is a team that's built to just beat the living crud out of you. And exacerbate means to make things worse. So if you don't want to de-escalate things, you just want to go straight to the butt kicking, then you send in this team. So that's how I came up with either of those two names. Which one do you think that, sounds better? Uh, the X... Uh, can I say the names again? Uh, that's excruciators, and the other one was exacerbators. Well... Excruciators, because for some reason, ex, ex caps or zators or whatever <laughs> sounds like a bad word to me. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, then. I know it's a pre existing word, but for some reason, as you said that, I was like, is that appropriate? <laughs> I'm not even going to ask why you think that would be inappropriate, because as your dad, I don't want to know. All right, what is your next X Men team, buddy? My X Factor, which is probably the most changed of because <laughs> at some point I thought of like my own X Men series, which basically is my X versus your team, because basically the what they do other things, but the main thing they would do is at some point there would be a war between men and mutants so they're basically the the military of mutants oh wow okay well who who's on this team then x factor is rogue gambit banshee and psylocke oh so banshee again and you don't even like banshee and you've got him on both your teams so far i mean he has a lot of team potential (laughs) Yeah, he's one of those characters that is definitely good when there's other characters around. If it was just like the Banshee ongoing series, I don't know if that would be very good. Although his, I don't think it would actually go on. Well, so in the comics, his background before he ever becomes the X-Men, like he's one of the adults that joins the team much later on. And when they first encounter him, he's an Interpol agent, which you probably don't know what that is. So Interpol is the inter i almost said intergalactic it's the international police so they they operate a lot in like europe and those other places around the world yeah, I where i kind of expected it was yeah. something like that yeah so in in europe you got like europe is about as big as the u.s but the u.s is one country and not including like all of pretty much eastern russia all of the rest of europe is like really close so we've got 50 states they've got like 70 countries you know and they're all really close together. And it would be really easy for a criminal to travel from one part of Europe to another in one day, going through like nine different countries. So they've created Interpol as a way to allow all of the different uh, law enforcement agencies throughout all those different countries to kind of work together and have some sort of a, a, a jurisdiction, regardless of what country the crime was committed in and all that. So that's what Banshee did. He was an Interpol agent, so he went all around Europe hunting down criminals and stuff. 
That sounds more than the job Sableteeth would have. <laughs> okay, well, he doesn't hunt down and kill the criminals. He's a, a police <laughs> officer. He hunts down and arrests them and then escorts them to whatever I know, country like, it is that the, they're... Uh, illegal police, I bet. <laughs> okay, well, would it, do great with that. Interpol aren't illegal police. They're just police that operate internationally rather than just in one. It, it's fine. Um, like anti-hero police wouldn't be. I know, okay, not... I know. I'm not saying that though they are. I'm like saying if they existed, although you're good police that that do good things in Bella Bill are just some police squads that like anti-hero police. Okay, all right. That would be more like like bounty that. hunters or something like that. Yeah. Like Sabretooth would be a bounty hunter. These aren't bounty hunters. They're not, <laughs> I know. You know, they're affiliated with an internationally recognized organization that all of the members of these countries have like agree it's fine, whatever we, we don't need to go down the interpol rabbit hole here on <laughs> yeah that's not exactly uh, that's not exactly related to <laughs> not at all but it would be like if they went that route with a banshee comic that could be pretty interesting like not only is he interpol but he's hunting down like european international mutant criminals that could be i would i would read that <laughs> all right or like one of the ones we already know about like pyro maybe mm-hmm. like there's a mutant who somehow takes away his powers and now he's just like a regular criminal being hunted down by bansy yeah pyro uh, he did a lot of stuff he's australian but he does a lot of stuff in europe because he partners up with avalanche a lot who is from greece you got juggernaut you got black tom cassidy you got uh well, pretty much any of the villains from Excalibur that aren't from a different dimension, like the Royal Flush Gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> on to my on to my number four. Wait a minute. That and, and <laughs> not related to X Men, but speaking of Royal Flush, that's uh what apparently Gonzo walks at when he when when the Muppets break apart, according to one of the movies. Oh, good. Interesting. Good to know. All right. So my number four uh, is ironically also X Factor, but mine is very different than yours. Mine is like a revival of the original X Factor. And this team, it's all Summer's family uh, with kind of one exception, right? So we've got Cyclops, Havoc, Jean Grey, Lorna Dane, Cable, and Phoenix, aka Rachel. So it'd be Scott... Alex, Jean, Lorna, Nathan, and Rachel. Uh, and we've kind of by the way. Yeah. And so we've kind of seen these characters already in the um, earlier X-Men issues after the Hickman era started. The the adjectiveless X-Men title was pretty much the Cyclops comic, and it had to deal with the Summers family. And I really liked all those family dynamics. This would be like a Fantastic Four style x-men book even though none of these characters are scientists or anything like that it would kind of be uh this team that's a family as they were as they try to help like other mutant families cope with like when their teenager manifests their mutant powers well now they're they're every everything about their life is going to be changed now and so this would they would go in there and like they would help train them up and allow them to live their everyday lives and stuff so it kind of blends that family Fantastic Four approach. Like mutant school, but 
without being school. Yeah, without being at school, without being tied to Xavier and his dream of, of all that. It kind of goes back to that original run of X Factor where they pretended that they were mutant hunters. And then what they would do is they would rescue those mutants and then train them on how to use their powers and then, you know, release them back into the real world. It would be is that that's the idea that I have behind this X Factor comic. So there are several like members who like other than the next issue, next issue, no men's. Yeah, it would come in for a little. So think about it like this, right? One of the very first mutants that they ever rescue as these mutant hunters is a character named Rusty Collins. I know you know who he is. And then uh, they kind of train him how to use his powers. And then eventually he leaves the team to go off and do his own stuff. They also rescued Richter, uh, Tabitha, who is Boom Boom, like all of these characters, they rescued them when they were teenagers kind of on the run who didn't know how to use their powers. And then they would get them trained up and allow them to do whatever they wanted to do after that. It's kind of that same. That's interesting because in an episode my brother did, Scott goes to this like family, like orphanage thing. Mm -hmm. But it's like a mother and a bunch of mutants but Purple Man, yep. but Rusty lives there, and they actually get like a father-son relationship, actually. Yeah. But. So there you go. The concept of that was kind of taken from early X-Factor. Oh, yeah, like they drown them in the like five-foot pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man, let's jump into your number three, bud. Who do you got? The Creatures. Mm. Beast. And Spider-Man. <laughs> really? That's interesting. Beast and Spider-Man. I like it. Spider-Man always seems to... I mean, he's a good scientist. He's a very smart and brilliant scientist in and, in and of itself. Uh, but he always seems to have like weird kind of science-y problems. And having someone like Beast there as like a scientific mentor, that's really cool. That's not exactly what I meant it. <laughs> it's kind of just one of those things where you just got like three random characters and you're like, I guess I could put that as a team, but <laughs> your idea is really good, though. <laughs> so you, what did you just like pick two names out of a hat and it was Beast and Spider-Man? No, I was looking at uh, X-Men The Animated Series and I looked at the Xavier Remembers pixel and it had Zine and Beast. Mm-hmm. So it was originally going to be... There was a lot of changing of this team. It was oh. going to be... Beast Dean and Spider-Man. Then I kicked Dean off the team and replaced her with Storm. Then I can't think of a name, so I just made it Beast and Spider-Man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so that is number three for you, The Creatures. All right, number three for me, and this is one that's very near and dear to my heart because I'm kind of reading through these comics right now, working on something for talking snick proper so this would be called all new all different excalibur because i think they've already done excalibur and then i think they did new excalibur and one of the naming conventions that they usually use in x-men comics a lot is all new all different so it would be all new all different excalibur even though it's not really all new at all and this would be a team of nightcrawler betsy who currently is Captain Britain. So Nightcrawler, Captain Britain, Colossus, Magic, Pixie, and Chamber. I like this team. (laughs) So it's an all-European team. 
just like the original Excalibur, which even though it's was supposed to be all European, it actually wasn't because you had Kitty, who's American, and then you had Rachel, who's a future American from a different timeline. But they operated in Europe. Pretty much the whole premise of this book, I kind of cooked up this idea a few years ago, and they just kind of glossed over everything. But when Betsy was no longer in Quanin's body, when she got her like not not necessarily her original British body back, but when she got back into a body that looked like her original British woman body, not like the Japanese assassin body that she was in as Psylocke, but her regular body back, she was kind of having some trouble like adjusting back to being who she was. And so my idea for this was that she was going to take vacation from the X-Men and she was going to go live with her brother, Brian, and his wife, Megan, for a while and just kind of get back to her roots as a British woman. And then uh, because Nightcrawler is really close friends with Brian and Megan from being on Excalibur, they were going to invite him over to dinner one night. And then there would like something would happen and the four of them would go on an adventure. And that would eventually lead to Betsy and Kurt reforming. Uh, I'm drawing, <laughs> like forgetting the name Excalibur. They'd reform Excalibur and they would bring back Colossus and then magic pixie and chamber would end up joining the group too, because, you know, I, I love Colossus and magic. They're a great duo. Colossus was on Excalibur for a while once before. So I would bring them in and then I would bring Pixie in because Pixie is like magic's apprentice. And then I just brought in chamber cause I, I really like chamber and I wanted another British mutant, particularly one who's psionic because I think he would uh, work really well with Betsy. Sweet. Like how, uh, me and my brother kind of do like fake TV shows with all pluses when we're just really, really bored. I do it to help me fall asleep. <laughs> but so he made like this team that was 44 5. But then the like leader Blue Ball kind of just like retired and so did his wife. So now it was like 44 3, except for one, the other one retired and the other one was a super villain now. Oh no. <laughs> so basically the entire team crumbled. <laughs> and so, well, one of them who becomes the super villain turns back into a good guy at some point. But anyway, or maybe this was. Or maybe he didn't turn into a supervillain. Maybe it was just once he became a good guy, they began this, but then it crumbled. But anyway, so Fully Force 5 was no more, so I kind of made a team. One of them's a frog, so it's not really Fully, but still. Then I made my own, like, Fully Force 5. And at some point, one of the members left, so they... And I think of it, it's part the... I'm pretty sure though it's like Fury Force 15 by now, but <laughs> but oh. actually I think Force 7. But the point is, so they hold out like tryouts for a new member, and one of them is powers he can like change climate and stuff, and the other one can suit beams he's the frog who actually gets onto the team and the other one i'm pretty sure is just like jean gray wow. so he has jean gray's powers i think but so they recruit the frog guy and the other two are really angry that they couldn't make it onto the team so they actually become super villains <laughs> wow well it's a good thing spider-man didn't do that when he couldn't join the fantastic four 
All right. Well, who do you have for your for your number two team there? So, sorry, I got a little distracted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the new mutants from my series, from what I thought of. So I got I didn't actually draw her, but I have fireworks in the background to symbolize jubilee, and then Kitty Nightcrawler. Kinball in Wolf Spain. So, so these would actually kind of like trigger a big important thing that happens. So basically, they're trying to stop this random mutant who usually like who's known. He's basically the hand, but a mutant, like the entire hand, but a mutant, because he's. His power is he can resurrect or bring back or even create the dead. Like, mm. recreate the dead. So, but he's a bad guy, so they're trying to stop him. At some point, maybe, like, Cyclops would die in the Phoenix Saga, like in the movies. And then the mutant, because perhaps he'd have some sort of tie to Cyclops, that would be interesting. Mm. But, like, perhaps he'd be, like, his cousin. So, he knows that, but let's say, like, he knows that, but Cyclops doesn't. So, he was ex-Cyclops. But the point is, so, he, all they know is he's about to resurrect somebody, some, and it's going to change their lives forever in a bad way. So they're trying to stop him, but the new mutant, which are kind of some misbehaving mutants that decide, that were young, but they were jealous because all the X-Men are always going stopping all these, like, super bad guys. So they begin trying to stop, like, two little crimes themselves. Soon enough, they they think, th- so this they think they can stop, like, Juggernaut. Mm-hmm. But Colossus was trying, was with them trying to stop this mutant resurrector. So they, so they have to leave and save the new mutants from Juggernaut, and they end up failing to stop this meat. Let's say like Ron Summers. I know that cousin probably won't have the same name. <laughs> Same last name, I mean. I mean, if their dads are brothers. I mean, yeah. So, their dads are brothers. So, so like, Ron Summers, I, I can only think of that name, <laughs> ends up resurrecting Apocalypse. Whoa. That sounds pretty cool, man. I would read that. So, basically, it's the new mutant's fault. <laughs> the, it's the entire... The entirety of of Apocalypse coming back to life is all the New Mutants' fault. Nice. And after the New Mutants, because I thought it was interesting, Nightcrawler actually joins the Defenders for a little while. Mm, and then cool. becomes an X-Men. Nice. That's pretty neat. So the Defenders help them beat Apocalypse for the final time and stuff. Very cool. Yeah, I like that idea. And I think if I remember correctly, you started coming up with this idea while we were watching 
like a random episode of X-Men Evolution that had Kitty and Nightcrawler having to team up with like the younger kids on that team that had like Wolfsbane and Cannonball and stuff. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that it was something along those lines where like we were watching X-Men Evolution and it kind of had them all like as the same age and you're like, oh man, it'd be cool if like they were in a comic together. And then I had to break your heart and be like, well, no, they're kind of like different ages and like Kitty's the same age as the new mutants, but she never actually joined that team because Chris Claremont wanted her on the X-Men instead. So basically I had a lot of, <laughs> so yeah, that's basically the story. Basically I had a lot of wishings for X-Men that I knew would never come to and I'm like, I'm just going to do this myself. <laughs> nice. You know what that's called? What? Fan fiction. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just going to do my own fan fiction X-Men series. <laughs> Because I don't want to put up with the X-Men creators not realizing what would be good. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But still. Say it's art, right? So it's it's all subjective, but that's fine. (laughs) I I was being, I was trying to make it funny, but then I just stand up and get spoiled black, so. (laughs) No, it's fine. All right, man. So my number two team, uh, this is one that kind of came to me a few years ago when I was reading some of the early Hickman era stuff and just thinking to myself, like how catty Mr. Sinister is. Um, and so it, I, the idea is for, it's a team. They don't really do anything. It's a comic book where these three characters, they get together and they just gossip and judge all the rest of the mutants that are out there. And it's a team of Emma Frost, Mr. Sinister and M and it's called Extravagant X-Men. And they just sit around and they drink like the most expensive tea in the world. And they gossip and trash talk all the other mutants out there. With one exception, Cyclops. Because Emma Frost is in love with Cyclops. And Mr. Sinister is obsessed with Cyclops' DNA. And so it would be the two of them going on and on about how wonderful Cyclops is. And then M would be like, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think, yeah, give me your number one. So, like, the x Corticos. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much what they're doing. Okay, this I actually made when we were playing Marvel United. It's my three favorite X-Men. The, number one. Now, I'm into Lord of the Rings, and I thought of this quite recently, so this is where I got the, te- the team name. The Three Hunters, Wolverine, Colossus, Nightcrawler. All right, so who, in Lord of the Rings, who are the Three Hunters? Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. Okay, so which which one of the X-Men equates to which one of the Lord of the Rings Three Hunters, then? that I kind of just chose that name because there were three of them. Oh. <laughs> but I guess Nightcrawler... Is kind of the movie Gimli? You say that he's really serious in the book, but yeah, and the movie is kind of like a goofball. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking when you said that, I was thinking N- Nightcrawler's nickname is Blue Fuzzy Elf, so he would be the Legolas of the group, and then Wolverine is the aggressive short guy, right? So he'd be Gimli. I mean, he's not where he saw it. 
he's like five feet tall in the comics. I think his like official height is five foot three. So he's shorter than like Jubilee in the comics even. And then I that would just leave Aragorn to be Colossus. Now I know that it makes more sense that like Wolverine would be the Aragorn because Aragorn's like the tracker and all that. But you know, he's an aggressive short guy. So he's the, he's Gimli the dwarf. <laughs> nice. And that takes us to my number one. And this one, I, again, this is another one where I have two names, and so it can go either way, either the experimenters or the extrapolators. Uh, both of those are scientific terms that have to deal with, uh, so obviously experimenting, you're doing a science experiment, or extrapolating, which is creating like a, well, which is creating like a really in-depth, uh, well-thought-out estimate, right? So it's you're kind of like coming up with science stuff. So this team would be Beast, Sasquatch from Alpha Flight, Dr. McTaggart, Brew, and Forge. And their whole thing is they would just be doing mutant science, and that's it. So it would be a fun comic where they kind of go on all these wacky science-based journeys and adventures. And yeah, so again, extrapolators or experimenters. Or experimental. Well, that's maybe. interesting because not really normal Spider-Man, but the Game of Us version of Spider-Man is like a genius. So it's funny that I have Beast and uh, sorry, uh, Beast Spidey. and Spidey because yeah. Game of Us Spidey could also be on that team probably, but he's not mean, so it wouldn't really work. But nice. Well, dude, I like your list. I think you have some good teams that would make for some interesting comics. I'd definitely read those or watch those cartoons. Um, I hope you liked my list as well. And I think that we are good. That's pretty much it for our discussion. We can probably jump in. We're going we're gonna to do live commentary on our episode. So do you want to jump in and watch this episode? Uh, no, not really any water jump, so let's not. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. all right man for today's episode we are going to do x-men the animated series season five episode six jubilees fairy tale theater original air date for this one was november 16th 1996 written by brooks wachtel or perhaps wachtel we have a story edits from Eric Leewald and, of course, directing by Frank Squillis, as all of the episodes of season five have been. And uh, like I mentioned, we are going to do another live commentary on this one. So we're just going to hit play. We're going to watch the episode and just kind of talk about it as we're watching. And it should be a lot of fun. Uh, this episode is a lot, uh, a lot more fun than I remember it being. I was actually kind of watching it to prepare for this and I remember this episode not being very good, and I was clearly very wrong because I enjoyed the heck out of it this time around. At, at the beginning of, of the episode, it's, it's like, yeah, Jubilee saved us, and I'm like, this episode is really bad so far. And then, and then it's done, I'm like, oh, what are you Yeah, all right. So what we're going to do is we'll count down three, two, one, go, and we'll actually be pressing play on go. So if anyone... I, I doubt that anyone does because we've only done live commentary like three or four times on here. Uh, but just in case anyone does want to watch along while we're doing this, 
it'll be three, two, one, and then we'll be pressing play on go. So without further ado, three, two, one, go. go. <laughs> Not cool, bro. Sorry. All right, I'm gonna turn it down just a little bit. But can you hear? Can you hear? Yeah, I can hear. Cool. You notice this intro is different. It doesn't show like each of the individual X Men and have their name and everything. It just shows a bunch of clips. So if this is the first episode you've ever seen, you're not gonna know who anyone's what anyone's name is. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because I don't think they say most of their names in this episode. Yeah. So this episode was inspired by a comic book issue which i think was issue 153 143 maybe i don't remember off the top of my head one of those something like that um where kitty is telling a bedtime story to iliana who at that time was still a little girl like seven um, she was telling her a bedtime story as the x-men were like fixing up the rest of the mansion from you know a recent villain attack or something like that and it's she just takes uh herself and all these characters and she like redoes them as like fantasy characters which is actually what we're getting here we actually have jubilee i don't know how or why but for whatever reason she's like leading a group of like eight-year-olds like she took mrs frizzle's class and she's like take the day off mrs frizzle i'll take the kids in the cave this time <laughs> And like that's what she and does. And she's like, no, I wasn't taking them to the to the cave. I was taking them to the moon. No, not that cave. The cave on the moon. The <laughs> arcade is what I said, not cave. Oh, it sounds like you said cave because he's in cave in this episode. No, cave is what I said. I'm saying Jubilee would have said like, I didn't say cave. I said arcade because it's it's Jubilee. She likes arcades. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't get it. Do you know what an arcade is? I know it's you have you have one behind you. Well, I, yeah, I have an arcade cabinet, but like an arcade. So when I, know, I was a kid, an arcade is like <laughs> a place with all kinds of arcades. Okay, good. Yeah, you know what an arcade is. Yeah, Jubilee liked to go to the mall and hang out at the arcade and play games and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so the the intro to the episode is a little ridiculous. Like we don't need two minutes of jubilee in the cave with the children they're in the cave and for whatever reason there's like a cave in and they can't get out the way they came in and so the kids get scared and she starts telling them this fairy tale story and the fairy tale story is actually pretty cool so in the comic when kitty's re uh, retelling this story she's actually retelling a story that she experienced in an earlier issue and then she like replaces the characters with, you know, special fantasy versions of herself. And that's actually what Jubilee does. So as we're going through the fairy tale that she spins for these children, I want you to tell me if you recognize the story that she's telling. I don't know what it what it is, but the story she's supposed to be telling, but it made me think of London of Zelda. <laughs> it's like the two rubies the three pieces of the triforce yeah yeah no not quite um but yeah i mean yeah no i i mean it's more of like the the way that it works out is it's kind of what happens to jubilee in a particular 
episode from previously. All right, so we're finally into the fairy tale. We're finally into the heart of the episode now. She's got there's a these there's a prince and a princess who are clearly Jean and Scott. There's like a gem for whatever reason, just because you need you know fantasy thing. There's the evil Magnus who is obviously Magneto. She even says that he can control magnets and that if he gets both of these pieces of this amulet thing, that he'll be able to you know conquer the world. Which you know, typical fantasy story bad guy needs uh and so that one's gambit and those are the those are the goblins <laughs> yeah so <laughs> what i see here is gambit the rogue right and he's going up against these metal these unmanned metal creatures and then we see this cart right here do you recognize those two people uh no okay so gambit runs away and as he's running away he comes onto the road and on the road is like this couple who is pulling a wagon of hay you don't recognize them because they're not major characters i think that looks like long shot that's totally long shot right there because jubilee has a crush on long shot from the long shot episode is that what this episode's based off of nope so this guy right here that the metal sentinel <clears throat> hint hint is attacking that's jubilee's dad from the night of the Sentinels episode and the woman that's jubilee's mom so those are jubilee's adoptive parents and then the guy that's with them is you know stable boy for them the guy that she has the crush on okay and then gambit is who she encounter is the x-man that she encounters first while they're fighting these metal guys but the difference is instead of these metal characters chasing Jubilee and then Gambit saving her, instead the metal characters are chasing Gambit and then Jubilee arrives and saves Gambit. Wait a minute, this is Night of the Sentinels. There you go. So she's retelling Night of the Sentinels, but without instead of her being like the damsel in distress, she's the hero that rescues everybody. And then she fills in the whole world with people from her past, her parents, the first guy she had a crush on, a.k.a. Longshot, they've made it into the story. This part is like, the not really cheating when it comes to main characters and stories. <laughs> yeah, so after that scene, after Jubilee's entrance, she got elf ears and everything. So after her entrance, we go back to the cave and it's, you know, her captive audience with the children. And they're like, wait a minute, isn't Jubilee you? Like, you can't give yourself powers, that's cheating. And then she's like, be quiet, I'm telling a great story here. So now we go back and we actually get to see Jubilee in action now. And she's totally this like swashbuckling Robin Hood character who just comes in and destroys all of the metal, all of these metal men, you know, all of these like Magneto Sentinels who I have to admit look really cool. And <laughs> if they ever get far enough in the VHS toy line where they do characters for this episode, I would buy all these characters in a heartbeat, man. <laughs> That's just me, but I, I would love it. I just buy the Sasquatch Wolverine. <laughs> I probably I don't really care about so the Wolverine, yeah, the Wolverine, the troll. Though I did like uh, the Rogue Gambit too. Yeah, Gambit the Rogue, which is kind of cool. So you don't really get Rogue, but you get Gambit as a Rogue, which of course is like a fantasy RPG trope of a of a character type, which suits Gambit, but then also gives Gambit a reference to Rogue. I didn't exactly realize that, but... 
All right, who just got? Who was just introduced right now? So the king, so like the king of this like bats that just went to attack him. They're they're like they're all like <laughs> and they're just running away. And and then you were like, where are you going? And then he breaks, and then you see Wolverine the Sasquatch. <laughs> but she calls him Logan, because well, as she calls him so, Wolverine, then they're kind of going to catch on. Oh, yeah, they're the X-Men. So I think she mentions the fact that in, he's a troll. So it's Logan the troll, right? He's big and green and hairy and stuff, and he's got like tusks and everything. Almost like an ogre. Yeah. And there's a whole, there's like actual exposition because there actually is a story behind Jubilee's fairy tale, but it's not really all that important or anything. Uh, but that's what we're getting right now. You know, the, the three of them have teamed up, Jubilee, Gambit, and Logan the Troll. They've all kind of teamed up and they're going to go take the fight to Magnus himself. I think Gambit mentions that he found where the other shard of the gem thing is because he was working for like an underground resistance or whatever. Which is probably supposed to be, I think this was, an ep- yeah, I know that this was the plot of an episode of a different X-Men So, but I'm assuming that they're like tribe looking for, trying to prevent, like, mutants, basically, is supposed to be, like, the government and Senator Kelly. And this door, I'm not sure about you guys, but... I feel like it looks like. And who's this right here? So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, buddy. But uh, at at first when he was in the shadows, I'm like, I'm like, that's obviously Beast, and then and then it zooms into his eyes. I'm like, Sabretooth. Yeah. I'm so, like, since when is he? <laughs> so Sabretooth has been following them. Apparently, Sabretooth is also isn't. I think she mentions that Sabretooth is an ogre. And ogres hate trolls, and so that's why he's been following Logan around, because he wants to fight him, but also he wants to stop them from getting the other gem. And so, I think they call him Creed, right? It's like, And he's he's working for Magneto also, or Magnus, because all the other metal things show up. But yeah, they, they show up to kind of thwart Jubilee and her, her band of merry men at this point, her, merry, her band of merry mutants. But the point is, but what I was saying earlier was that it kind of looks like. Uh, sorry, sorry. The door looks like Mozo. Oh, nice. Yeah, interesting. Which is which is also interesting because earlier we saw Long and she first meets him in a story when Mozo's the bad guy. Sort of, yeah, for sure. But also, so the guy that wrote this episode is the guy that wrote the Mojo Vision episode too. So he's got uh, experience with Mojo. So he kind of perhaps put that in the episode as like a little nod to other episodes that he's written. I'm not sure if he wrote the long shot episode too. I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah. Yeah, if he's only in two episodes, then I can see them having the same ride off for both episodes. Yeah. Uh, Olio? We were kind of talking about what was going on, but but I thought it was funny when the kids are like, "Well, you get well, you better well, you get." But she's like an experimental thing, place, 
And he's like, mm, you guys must do really fun stuff. And she's like, some of us. And then it's all the X-Men leaving and, and kind of like in all your episodes, you're like, why can't I go? Yeah, kind of left her behind to, to babysit Mrs. Frizzle's class. All right, so we're back in the fairy tale now. And uh, Sabretooth is here to uh, to fight him, pretty much stop them from getting this gem and then take it back to Magnus. And of course, Jubilee's the leader here, so she's the one that's bantering back and forth with Sabretooth. And then he tries to fight her, and she's able to like outsmart him right away, which, again, also makes sense because the first mutant that attacked jubilee not the sentinels but in like the very next episode after the sentinels she's uh, attacked by Sabretooth and all that and it's wolverine kind of has to come and rescue her and so now again she's able to tell the story so she's the hero she's the one that gets to fight and beat Sabretooth this time around she doesn't need wolverine's help to do it so Again, kind of what you would see, what you would expect to see from a teenager, right? They're going to put an idealized version of themselves that's actually able to do all of the things that they dream about growing up to be able to do. And so, again, like this fairy tale from the point of view of a teenage girl, like this is exactly the kind of story that you would expect a teenage jubilee to tell to the kids. And I like that she's got her, her little pointy ears. (laughs) and then they're out out here right and this little orb kind of just appears and it takes the shape of xavier who takes the shape of a fortune teller which makes sense because in the in the kitty's fairy tale comic xavier is like a fortune teller she calls him xavier the all-knowing in this episode he's got like a turban on and everything and he's got like a kind of like a a like a moroccan motif kind of thing going on you know that's sort of like middle eastern arabian knights kind of like fortune teller aspect almost like a genie kind of um, and he comes in and he warns them he, he comes in with this like a portent of danger and he's like you gotta you know now that you've got this you have to be careful and not be dan- you know don't get into danger and all that this part i was like what i was like oh what if that rat walked for crap it's peter Pettigrew. <laughs> Yep, and then there's like a random bad guy, and like I don't—is that supposed to be Morph Landy? Who do you think that that guy is? No idea. <laughs> he sound—he sounds familiar. Not like the character sounds familiar, but like his voice sounds familiar. But I have no idea who it's supposed to be. Right, like it's got to be someone that Jubilee knows because so far throughout the episode, it's all people that Jubilee has known. It seems kind of like a mutant that's like betraying them, but also possibly is also a friend. So from Jubilee's point of view, I can see that being Morph. And it kind of sounded like Morph, but it didn't really look like him or anything. And like, obviously the powers aren't the same. He just like, there was a rat and then he like blasted it. So I I don't know. I guess we'll find out as the episode goes on. But as I was watching this, I couldn't figure out who that was supposed to be. I thought he was the rat and then turned... Uh, sorry. And then I thought that it was the other thing. And th- well, I thought that he was the one and then turned into himself like Peter Pettigrew. Oh, yeah. All right. So the, the, using Xavier's information, they were able to go get the other like gem. And now we're going to have our showdown as 
Magnus is like, ah, oh, I knew if I followed you long enough, you would get me you know, both of the pieces. Like you were saying, Legend of Zelda or Ganondorf's like, I knew if I followed you long enough, you'd lead me right to the Triforce, sucker. That's kind of what, uh, what Magnus is this doing This actually really reminds me of this little show that's on Tubi. That's the Legend of Zelda show. Any, anyway, it, it's good, but not the best, of course. It's one of those old shows about video games. Those don't TV shows about video games usually aren't the greatest. But uh, well, they have some good TV shows about video games. But, uh, sorry, but Sabretooth, I think, sounded like the Ganon. Yeah, yeah, kind of. All right, so somehow Jubilee, like, uses her powers on this rock thing, and it seems to, like, stop working, because at first it was giving Magneto, like, extra powers. I don't know what he's doing here. He's like fighting everything he's like you have served your purpose to me i don't need you anymore and then he just like kills them for some odd reason kind of seems like what a crazy bad guy from a fantasy tale would do yeah so again having a big showdown uh jubilee uses her powers against magnus and it's not working and uh she's still like kind of talking trash to him so now he's pulling out like all the metal somehow she's able to like use her powers to make his powers go crazy it's because uh so so it's so i'm just gonna explain this to you because i think i got it because i think i understand it from the first time i watched this but anyway hey that's funny i just realized Of course, there's Scott who runs in in the story, but also Logan. This part's funny. Yep. (laughs) And he's like, how dare you call me a trout? Just kidding, he didn't do that. But still. Yeah, that would be funny. And she's like, come on, I uh, didn't use my powers the entire time, although I could have, and you just sneaked your claws in front of all these people, come on. Did you see the name of the school district on the school bus? school bus? It said Place School District. What? (laughs) Place. Because they're like, we need the name of a place, and so they're like, place. That's silly. So here we are, back in the fairy tale, of course, Jubilee saves the day, and she's there at the wedding of her... uh, of her close friends. I think it's supposed to be she's their daughter, apparently, which is weird because they don't have like elves. Well, I don't think they're her parents. I think they're just like, you've saved our kingdom and now you can live here and, you know, we'll get you all the best teacher. <laughs> and naturally, she's like, school. Ugh. And so she sneaks out with her friends. Uh, Logan and Remy and stuff, and then she she leaves to have 
more adventures. And so, just kidding. And so now they're going to go stroll down the yellow brick road. Of course, all the kids are. Place district. Yeah, place school district. So they're all back on the school bus now and they're. They're heading out. Oh, there we go. It said Squillis. Nice. Because Frank Squillis is the director. So he's like, put my name on there. Put my name on there. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, I think our young lady has always been ready for all the adventures to have in this world. Yeah. But it's the world ready for her. <laughs> And this part was obviously yeah. just added just to be like the episode, but. All right. And so that is, that's the episode, man. All right, dude. So what did you think of that episode, Landy? Uh, it was really good. <laughs> it was really good. All right. Um, you were telling me something in the episode and we kind of had to stop because we were getting behind and we had to comment on what was going on. And one of the things was, I was like, Hey, how come Magneto's powers are like super strong and how come Jubilee is able to beat him? Do you remember why? I know that you were kind of explaining it, but then the episode sort of ended. And so you didn't really get to finish. Do you remember why it was? Yes. So Xavier, so at the beginning when Jubilee's beginning the tale with all the like stuff about the world that this tale takes place in, she mentions that like if Magnus was to get both sides of the crystal, then his then his magnet powers would get really really powerful. But also, then it, then Xavier the All-Knowing says something on the lines of, like, sees the battery to the crystal. Oh. So when she blasts him, his powers are already, well, as we know, Magneto's powers are very powerful. Then he gets the crystals. Then he gets the crystal. Then they're even more powerful. Then she blasts them. Then it's getting more powerful. So soon enough, he just loses power his control of his powers nice oh okay all right cool i think yeah i must have missed the xavier part the first time i was watching cool man so i'm glad you were able to explain that to me and i'm glad that you liked the episode um and i think with that we can probably end our episode of snick tunes so uh landy thanks for coming on the show thanks for having a great conversation with me about legos and, and marvel united i had a fun top five comparison and of course watching this episode was it's always fun to watch X-Men animated series episodes, but it's always extra special when I get to watch them with my sons. So thanks for coming on and watching this episode with me, man. Thank you for inviting me on. <laughs> All right, Landy. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Because I live with you. <laughs> <laughs>
we're on that list, uh, but it's still fun. The fact that we are getting X-Men branded Legos, even if it is X-Men 97, I am just super excited. Of course, uh, like we had mentioned, there are new rumors dropping of not just one, but two X-Men themed Lego sets coming out next year. One being the X-Mansion and another being the X-Jet. So regardless of what those sets are going to be, I'm super excited that we're starting to get not just X-Men related merchandise, but X-Men Legos. It has been way too long since we've had X-Men in Lego form. And of course, there are a whole lot more X-Men than just Wolverine and Storm and Cyclops and Magneto. (laughs) Uh, So just getting more the fact that we're getting Beast a little bit later, uh, the fact that we might be getting Mystique and Sabretooth and Emma Frost and Professor X, like all of these different things. I'm, I'm super excited. But even with my excitement aside, like the fact that we've gotten sets already this year, it was fun to sit down and build the Wolverine claw and even to build the Wolverine construction figure. And so it was a lot of fun to review those and break those down with Landy. Of course, he was there right next to me as I was building them, kind of helping me sort Lego pieces and looking at the instructions and all that fun stuff. So it was fun to talk about those. And of course, our top fives that we did, um, he kind of pulled that one out of a hat and uh, it was a fun topic. I was pretty surprised by a few of his choices he went with a lot of like small kind of quick teams and uh, it was interesting to see what his thought process was behind a few of those and of course i'm always happy to talk x teams that i come up with and kind of hang on to some of those ideas that i i pitched to landy these are ideas that i've had for years just kind of rattling around in my brain like if i were in charge of the x office how would i want the teams to go and that sort of thing so it's fun to put those together Of course, always trying to come up with like interesting X puns that they haven't done uh, for some of these teams is always a lot of fun, too. So it was a great first half conversation. I really enjoyed that. And of course, I like the format that Landy and I do where we watch the episode and just do live commentary. It seems to keep him engaged a little bit more than having him watch an episode and take notes. That's that's not quite as exciting for uh, for a youngin. Uh, And so watching this episode was a lot of fun and it's a lot better than I remember it being like, I remember seeing this uh, back when these episodes had come out on DVD in like 2009. So 14, 15 years ago, probably either the first, maybe the second time I had seen it. And I remember thinking like, ah, this was a filler episode. This one was boring, Uh, but it's just a really fun episode. It's kind of a character study in Jubilee as well as like a commentary on how teenagers view heroes it's interesting how a lot of times rather than wanting to be someone else they just wish they had the power to change things and make things turn out the way that they would want not just for themselves but for their loves loved ones so it was interesting seeing jubilee telling a fairy tale and rather than throwing like hero worship up at wolverine or whatever she put herself in the in the shoes of the hero and she was the one that was acting out the hero role, saving Gambit rather than Gambit saving her, saving Wolverine, again, vice versa, not losing to Magneto or Sabretooth, but actually beating them. It was actually a really interesting look back at Jubilee's entire character arc and the different interactions that she's had throughout the first four seasons. It was one that I think the first time I watched it, it just kind of went right over my head. But re-watching it this time, it was like, oh, wow, like I'm seeing... I'm seeing Jubilee in like a different light and it's interesting to see that uh, the writers went back and they threw aspects of Jubilee's past storylines 
into this episode, you know, the appearance of her parents and of course of Longshot and everything. I just really liked the episode and it was a lot of fun to watch it with Landy. So, Bub, I hope you had as great a time with this episode as I did. Uh, if you like the show and want to keep the conversation going, you can send an email to me, talksnicked at gmail.com, T-A-L-K-S-N-I-K-T, at gmail.com. Throw out some ideas for talking snicked episodes or even just, you know, whatever, anything Wolverine or X-Men related feedback for the show. You can tell me how bad of a podcast host I am and how much you hate this show. Or maybe, you know, you want to throw some praise my way and be like, Hey man, I really like listening to your shows on Saturdays with my kids or whatever. Uh, I really like your Wolverine content, or I'm really looking forward to these hints you're dropping at this upcoming talking Banff season two. Uh, you know, whatever it happens to be. And, and if you're looking for something that's a little bit more interactive, then consider clicking that link in the show notes and joining the Talk and Snick Discord. It's a very small community, but it's a lot of fun. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, then click that link and we'll talk to you then. Uh, I don't think I have anything else for now. So uh, until next time, bub.